What's in the crate, Ray? This is my new whiskey a la mood sampler. What's that? Twelve bottles of whiskey, each one guaranteed to make you feel a different way. This one makes you all cozy and nostalgic. And this one will make you boisterous and friendly, but in a way that will be too strong for some people. Ooh, cool. The all-black bottle. What's that one do? Oh, it's the wild card. You got to guess what the effect is. Here, see if you can tell. Kiss my ass, bitch. I'll be at Dwayne's. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. So how have you been, number one? You know. <laughs> I'll take it, yeah, you know, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, it's You get common. it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, sadly, that is all too common. Yeah, the, uh, oh, what is the line, you know, the... Everything... It's actually not from a song. You're thinking of the line, uh, I'd buy that for a dollar from <laughs> Robocop. You know what? Nine times out of ten, I am thinking about Robocop. That's mm-hmm. that's fairly accurate. Uh, welcome to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking. My name is Jason. Usually alongside for the ride with me is Brian, but of course he's stuck at the dick-sucking factory. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be arriving shortly. But that other voice you heard, the wonderful Thought Slime slash Scaredy Cats. Do you go by Matt? Do you go by Mildo, Mildred? What do you want us to call you tonight? I got multiple. I got many names in many places. In some circles, I am known as Matt the White. Others, Mildred the Gray. I, I have as many names as the day is long. Whichever makes you feel the most joy in your heart. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, alongside for the ride with me is, of course, Matt. You may recognize the voice from the YouTube channel Thought Slime or as Scaredy Matt from Scaredy Cats. Uh, hey, mm. my, hey, Matt. How are you? I almost, Hello. I almost said Mike. What the fuck is wrong with me? Hi. Yeah, just, <laughs> you had two names to choose from, and you <laughs> you really had to room. zag on me there. It's like, all right. Just Call you whatever I want, huh? All right. Yeah, just completely whiffed it. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, what's been going on in your world this week, uh, Matt? I released a video about Twitter's favorite son, Scott Adams. Oh, yes. That's been great. What a great time it was looking into him and all his schemes. Right. And then uh, wasn't it also, there was another Adams gentleman about the M&Ms. No, it's the same one. The same one. Scott Adams, the uh, Dilbert guy. Did I say Scott Adams? Yeah. Uh, his yeah. name is Nick Adams. Nick Adams. Nick Adams. Okay. Sorry. No. Getting it's... my Adamses confused. My my dipshits by the name of Adams. Yeah, no, he uh, he did he yeah, he yeah he did an Eminem stunt, and I am the uh, internet's premier voice on matters of Eminem sexuality. So <laughs> I felt the need to weigh in on that. And this is this is, I guess, just my brain doing what it does. But I cannot conv- I cannot convince myself that he's real. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think he is. No, uh, I, I think it has to be a put like, on. My my working theory is is that he he he's playing a character. But he knows that it does not matter. Like he knows that he, all he has to do is is say stuff, right? And, you know, all he has to do is get attention, and the rest sorts itself out in the end. He's he's preying on the the liberal instinct to go, hey, get a load of this guy. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, 
because that is very i mean that's very much what twitter has always been is is the daily get a load of this guy yeah and he is he has mastered it to a, a degree uh, heretofore unknown <laughs> he's played us like a damn fiddle they played us like a damn fiddle because yeah i wind up doing it i wind up i wind up doing the hey, look at this guy it's it's I mean, a whole fucking video about him like i, I get right. it man <laughs> Um, so we were talking uh, briefly uh, uh, before we started recording about our good friends Keemstar and Keffels, you know, our besties, the ones we see all the time. That was mm-hmm. that was a big thing that I was going to talk about tonight, just because, like, boy, what a weird fucking situation. So for those of you who are not extremely online, like Matt, myself, or Brian, essentially Keffels is a trans rights streamer, big time, uh, nice lady, and uh, she she and this other gentleman who is. To put it nicely, not a nice person, decided they were going to do a stream together. And it was going to be this debate about trans rights and yada, yada, yada. And it just turned out to be a shit show. <laughs> well, my understanding was this was somewhat prompted by the fact that Keemstar somewhat uncharacteristically, he did something shitty to a trans person or so he said something shitty. Uh, and instead of doing what you would expect Keemstar to do, he was like, oh, my bad. I'm still learning. Yeah, I- I'll do better in the future. You know, if you're familiar with the man, is somewhat inconceivable. <laughs> but then there was also, wasn't there a bit about him uh, posting about how that J.K. Rowling's not going to get any of his money and he's not going to get the wizard game and all that? Wow, what a stand. <laughs> yeah, boy, bold stance, huh? You're not going to buy the wizard game. Hey, man, cool. I, I refuse. <laughs> they will knock down my door and demand that I buy this Harry Potter video game and I will say no. Hearing that in the Rorschach voice, like, you know. Yeah. But then, of course, things went badly, and as things do when dealing with uh, this gentleman in particular. And uh, Keppels has taken to multiple videos and tweets and things saying basically, like, ah, fucked up, which I don't believe. Again, it's in keeping line with the with that uh, Nick Adams guy. I just, I don't believe that that's really what happened, you know? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I hate to be so cynical. I sound like a QAnon person where I'm like, it's all fake, but... I I have that thought in the back of my mind and I can't let it go that like this was you know promo this was I go back to wrestling every time it's like this is kayfabe this you know uh, Keemstar was trying to do a heel turn but then they reversed it like it's all a work you know just I can't get it out of my head oh yeah no for sure what kind of rube would you have to be to like like yeah well, moving on from that, onto something way more interesting. I saw a tweet this week that I felt necessary to bring up because it really, to me, it was like, oh, okay, this is an interesting question. A lady named Lauren, who goes by at not a big jerk on Twitter, asked a prompt question. Now, usually the Eric Alpers of the world, I hate prompt questions. I feel like I'm going to throw something every time I read one. But this one, mm-hmm. this one got me. How would you want to get beaten up by Jackie Chan if you were a mob goon? Her example, of course, she starts with, I want him to take my own bat from me with a coat hanger, then kick me into a laundry machine. So I have to ask you, Matt, how would you want Jackie Chan to beat you up? I'm of two minds about this, of course. Of course. Uh, I think that realistically, Mm -hmm. I would be primarily concerned with mitigating damage done to my body. Sure. Ergo, I would want it to be one of those situations where uh, he somehow uses my jacket as a weapon against me, which he does to several goons. Yes. I love the but jacket I think if, reversal. That's always great. If I'm thinking like entertainment wise, yeah, it's gotta be a ladder. Oh God, yes, yes, the ladder from uh, Who Am I? There's a whole scene. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. 
some some great ones. I've read through a lot of these replies, and I just I can't pick a favorite. So then I posted one that I wanted to that I wanted to have happen to me. Obviously not really because in at the end I actually die in it. But <laughs> a hoodie pulled over my eyes, flailing at him while he uses my arms to punch the other goons, then saves me for last as he drop kicks me down a garbage chute. A Wilhelm scream trails off as I fall to my death. To me. <laughs> If I have something terminal, I know I'm going to die, and Jackie Chan's going to put me in the movies. Well, that's it. That's the way I want to go. Yeah. No, I, I think you've 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 touched on a lot of really classic elements here. The Wilhelm scream, I think, is crucial. Oh, for sure. Well, especially because you know, in those cheaper Hong Kong productions, you would hear it all the time. Yeah. Especially the older stuff he did with like Samo Hung and all that. Speaking of Hung, great segue. Ten out oh, of ten. Boy. No notes. At Weebin Croft, also known as Memet Witch, posted a wonderful screenshot. Actually, not a screenshot. It's actually a whole video of the video game Jedi Fallen Order that they've customized mm-hmm. on Steam. Their mod is of Cal fully nude, hanging dong, as it were. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just, I have to share this. I don't know why I didn't share this previously. It's a very emotional, pivotal scene in the game, and Cal is being asked to to help out. You know, these 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 people need your help. How do I help? It starts with that, and she points mm-hmm. directly at the old wanger. And boy, whoever modded this game has an appreciation for the male unit. Yeah, uh, Brian sent me this, and I was just like, immediately, I said, Jedi Fallen Dong. Mm. And this yeah. isn't even the gross picture segment, too. We're not even there yet. This is just... I was, I guess I was more expecting him to be fully clothed, Dong hanging out. Yeah, that that's definitely an option. I'm pretty sure somebody's modded that, too. But this one, boy... Just, and then, and then, the, of course, the camera is supposed to be showing you the lightsaber, but she's pointing right at it. <laughs> this, this is interesting because I've never felt the uncanny valley for a dick before. It is very awkwardly photorealistic to a degree, mm. but also not. Like I don't know, too too smooth. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 that porno guy dick. That's that's where they must have gotten the uh, the the reference photos from someone who spends all day like oiling it and putting tunctures and tinctures and lotions and potions well yep that is uh yeah that's about right like uh you know i got no notes (laughs) let's see here what else do i have on on the list here oh yes last episode brian and i briefly mentioned a upcoming dc issue that everyone was going nuts about it was an eight-page story. I think I know where this is going because this also comes up in my Nick Adams video. It does. That's why I was. That's part of why I wanted to bring it up with you because we we're of two minds on the subject. So yes, the, in the uh, in the eight-page recent issue of the DC Comics, there is a a bit of a joke there where Zatanna, the magic woman, says a spell and the Joker uh, becomes pregnant with his own miniature self, but then it turns out to be a piece of clay face. It's a whole thing. So the writer who uh, helped create that issue, Matthew Rosenberg, posted on his substack, ashcanpress.substack.com. Now, I understand that the folks at Fox News and the Post might look up to the Joker and see an aspirational figure. Yes, he once grew enormous and ate all the people in China with a giant pair of chopsticks, but I guess they can look the other way on that. And yes, he once cut his own face off for fun and walked around with an exposed skull for a while, but who hasn't? And sure, he once paralyzed and then sexually assaulted a woman, took photos of it, and projected them on the wall while he sexually assaulted her father. But I think Fox and Friends are kind of into that. So 
I was in no way trying to damage the pristine legacy of this psychotic serial murderer that they hold in such high regard, but I guess I did that, and for that I apologize. What a stand-up guy, taking uh, taking responsibility, I suppose. You gotta you gotta admire that, yeah. <laughs> there's a certain uh, there's a certain joie de vivre in like pointing out that like, hey, this is ridiculous, and you're ridiculous for saying it, but saying it in such a way that it could easily be mistaken for an actual apology. There's something about that that's just... Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's very transparent, like, what they're doing here. It, it, like, you're not fooling anybody <laughs> by pretending, like, oh, it's because it's this beloved character, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's just... Um, Parker Malloy also did a great substack about it. I, I highly recommend both of those. Brian is now here. Hey, Brian. Thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm sorry I was late. I, uh... I forgot uh, things. I was filled in. You were at the dick sucking factory. I was at the dick sucking, <laughs> I was at the dick sucking factory uh, doing my Andrew Tate moves along with the VHS tape. Jeez. Sounding like a guy. Andrew Tate, his accent's so weird. Have you have you mm. have you heard, have you listened to this guy? Have you heard about have you heard this, this guy? Have, have you heard about this? Uh, <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. He's always like, um, the water I drink, sparkling water. It's really People weird. People ask me on Twitter, you know. He sounds like a guy. He sounds you know, you got the Britishness, but he also sounds like a dude from Hammond, Indiana. That's definitely free base drywall. <laughs> it's yeah. like because he because he also grew up in the Midwest, so he's got like yeah, he's kind of got one of those things like he sucked on a battery before, <laughs> by choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it's 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 just such a you know and, and, and you know on top of that all of the the alleged sex crimes right yeah not to be the norm mcdonald thing but like i thought it would be the sex crimes yeah that would be the it's definitely more notable i think the sex crimes yeah but you know to each their own there's there's still a lot to be said about the accent yes yeah Yeah. it just makes it you can't take him seriously he's just a weird sounding guy but yes, I'm sorry to come in here and talk about Andrew Tate. What? What? Uh, what... Uh, we had, we had just wrapped up with uh, everything uh, all going on on the internet this week. Uh, giving you missed you missed your opportunity to tell us how you would like to get your ass kicked by Jackie Chan. I think that's oh, a very I would too like, late. I would don't like... don't even start. It's too late. No, you had your chance. <laughs> no. God damn it! Oh. I got to give him one shot okay. at this. Come okay. on, man. No, Let's go. no, no. Then that mean then it means nothing. Well, no, right, no, 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 no. I got this. I got this. Okay. No, he needs boundaries, I think. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, we're using therapy talk on me, Brian. You need to internalize this and do some processing before you can, you know, directly communicate how you would let Jackie Tan whoop your ass in a tanning bed. Ah, uh, tanning bed. Okay, got it. All right, so... He would, the, he would be in the tanning bed. Okay, all right. So anyway, we're going to move on to one of my favorite segments <laughs> of the show. It's the Crypto Scam of the Week. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Matt, how familiar are you with the crypto space and and various scammers therein? I'm famously big fan of cryptocurrency. (laughs) Love all of the the things that it does Uh and uh, all of the, how good and useful it is for the world. Yeah. Okay. So looking forward to that. I mean, good luck, China. Yeah. uh, So... This is a gentleman who goes by the name of NFT God. Can you guess what happened to NFT God, Brian? Uh, he, he, uh, he lost all of his apes. He, oh, not just apes. And I'm quoting here from his Twitter, at NFT underscore God, if you want to read along. It's, uh, last night my entire digital livelihood was violated. It's a strong statement. Every account connected to me, both personally and professionally, was hacked and used to hurt others. Less importantly, I lost a life-changing amount of my net worth. So yeah, apparently he um, he went to download OBS, 
clicked the first sponsored link on Google, downloaded something, and ran an EXE, and then like ah, for, forgot it. Uh, <laughs> just forgot about it. Played games for a couple hours, no issues. He says. The hacker sent two emails to my 16,000 closest fans. If you have 16,000 closest, I'm doing big air quotes here. I know, I know you can't see that, Matt. I'm doing closest fans. To me, that that seems, uh, I don't know, weird? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if this is really so much a crypto scam. It's a crypto guy who got scammed, I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah, it's, sometimes the crypto scam of the week is more of... Uh, uh, the catch-all. Right. Yeah, it's more of the, uh, we, we get to... I mean, we could talk about the terrible Bored Apes cartoon. Oh. The... You know what? That is, that's that's a, that's actually, let's do that. <laughs> I guess uh, that's cool or it's bad, whatever happened to that guy, but we're going to move on. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't reading all that, because it's a 30-tweet thread, yeah. Don't randomly download things onto your computer. I and... just, why would you, yeah. I think, though... You know, a devil's advocate here. <laughs> Who <amongst laughs> Like, I think this is really maybe something Google ought to fix. <laughs> that is fair, yeah. yeah. But there's also, you know, part of it is is uh, being a bit of a uh, more tech savvy than that. Because if you're, you know, if you're running about and you have all this uh, crypto money, maybe you know, exercise a little caution. That's. But, well, but again, like not I mean, victim blaming. Tri- crypto guys, uh, <laughs> what hope do we have? That's fair. I mean, there's people that have like laptops they only use for crypto they have right. cold wallets they they jump through all these hoops because to them like that sort of security is really worth it to them and right. uh, it makes you wonder what crypto or or nft god what kind of setup he was running did he have like some v do you have like uh was it cyber ghost like the free vpn <laughs> yeah. i'm in i'm in uh, the netherlands he was ac- i think he was accessing google through his like the the firefly phone that they give to old people oh jeez <laughs> oh, just click the first Palm link. pixie yeah uh, his leapfrog tablet couldn't connect to the nft site <laughs> yes uh the board api club are you familiar with this matt Intimately, Intimately, I have many apes. Okay, uh, well, excellent. <laughs> well, you then you then you probably know about the uh, the Board Ape Yacht Club game that's coming yep. out. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's going to make me a lot of money. Uh, yeah, yeah. You spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on those apes, so you could get fake <laughs> tickets to play the bonus round game from Earthworm Jim, <laughs> but worse. <laughs> There's something called power shart points too. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, I will give some people in crypto that they at least give the appearance that they're trying. Yeah. No, even if it like some people seem like they're very sincere and there's no grift, and some people like it's a grift, but like they put some effort into it. But this feels very low effort. Very just like you know, just it's a newgrounds game. Yeah, it's what. It's a new crowns game of it's called Dookie Dash because you're going through the Dookie for a key and you're dashing to do it. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and but and, it's on the blockchain. But it's on the yes. blockchain, you see. So it's a bad game, but you have to have expensive NFTs right. or spend Ethereum or whatever to participate. Apparently, the, there's even a whole plot to it. I watched like two minutes of this video, 
that is mind-numbingly awful. I mean, it's well animated. There's some skill behind it, but there's I, also... I would disagree. I was going to say, it looks uh, like a Newgrounds game. The animation that proceeds it looks like something that was on Albino uh, Black Sheep. Yeah. Long, long and short of it is that there's a <laughs> there's a Board Ape Yacht Club game, and it's terrible. And it, well... Well, it's not even out yet, but yeah. it is safe to assume that it is going to be uh, not good. <laughs> well, it sounds like this could do serious damage to the Board Ape brand. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. You know, until now, it's been synonymous with quality, but uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see. Ape coin. Spoke, spoken and... like a guy that has two laser eyes in his portfolio. <laughs> spoken like a true Twitter Blue subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just fuming in the other room, like, sons of bitches, don't make fun of me. So yeah, there's pitch decks about this have been leaked online. It's just, it's a ridiculous concept. And the fact that it's all poop related is just like, how much are they going to get it? How, how long are they going to get away with this? I got to be honest. How, how long? It's all thing in crypto though, isn't it? They, yeah. They, they talk about shit coins and stuff. And I mean, yeah. The, that's fair. Yeah. The number one charting app for uh, the BSC, the Binance chain is called PooCoin. Jeez. Yeah, you didn't know like that. Literally, oh, it's literally called poo coin. Oh boy! All right. Yeah, when something is too scatological for me to find funny, you know, you got problems. That's that's yeah, fair. fair. Yeah, yeah. We were talking uh, off mic about he, he goes. I'm, I really appreciate that you asked me about about showing me a, a nasty picture because if only you knew. And that's we'll get to that. But first. Cool. But first, Matt, once again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we're really happy to have you because we wanted to talk about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts. We're talking about, of course, Chris Onstead's masterpiece, Akewood. So yes. I, I have to ask, I know you probably covered it in your video, but I don't recall the specifics. How did you come to experience Akewood for the first time? Well, I was a big fan of Ryan North's dinosaur comics. Oh, yeah. And he would often talk about Akewood and make references to Akewood in his comics. Okay. So I was like, hey, what's this Akewood all about? Yeah, that must have been yeah. relatively early on then. You probably got, got in on the ground floor, as it were. The, I, I remember the first Akewood comic I read, which was uh, the Cartilage Head story. Oh. Chilling. If you're familiar Lynchian. with Cartilage. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. What a great entree into it. You've got the surrealism and the, and the oddness. So, <coughs> sorry, I was uh, eating uh, raw oysters before you uh, called them. So, right, they're an aphrodisiac. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, <laughs> so that's why you're so horny. It's, I, I can't stop. That's I, actually not why. No, uh, but anyway, for those of you uh, playing along at home who are not familiar with Akewood, A, why are you listening to this episode, and B, I'm going to give you the brief history of it, basically created by uh, illustrator Chris Odstead. It is a webcomic about a series of, of cats that are supposed to be stand-ins for real cats, but also there's a stuffed uh, otter and a stuffed bear. So that maybe they're toys, but they're also cats. Anyway, they live in the fictional town of Aquid, California, uh, and they have various adventures. That's pretty much the biggest, broadest overview I could possibly do. Uh, they're anthropomorphic animals. They talk and walk and, and, and hump like we do. And they really do mm. feel like real characters that are really alive and I think that's what's interesting about the writing. Uh, I think of Akewood as like the like an incredibly good novel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's this character study where like each character has this specific voice that is they just like drop into the world fully realized. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely maybe not so much like in the first two or three, but boy, once that first party hits mm. you've really got everyone established already. 
because even Theodore becomes his own character right around then. So yeah, it's it's pretty early. Yeah, well, if you are starting Akewood, uh, mm -hmm. the recommended starting point is the storyline, The Party, mm -hmm. which is the first one listed on the storyline tracker. Yes. Because before then, it's more of like a gag-a-day comic. Right, and some of the gags are just kind of absurdist, like uh, the, the first comic I ever read of theirs. Uh, <laughs> where's the manual for the drum machine? Philippe is standing on it, and that's the punchline. It's very... Is that not the first Akewood comic? I that, think that... so. That's well, okay. Well, that it's... may be the very first one that ever got made then, because I don't know. Maybe I'm. There used to be a website called Song Fight. Are you two gentlemen familiar with this? Vaguely. No. Okay, so Song Fight was a place, uh, a guy who's in a band called Brad Sucks. He started this thing, and you would get the title of a song, and you had a week to go from the title of a song to a fully produced track, and then all the tracks would get voted on. Well, one of the theme weeks was an Akewood theme, and the title of the song was At the Corner of Dude and Catastrophe. And MC Frontalot was always on Song Fight, and he was always winning, and he won with one called At the Corner of Dude and Catastrophe. And the song is told from the perspective of Ray when he wakes up and Todd, the squirrel, has died again. By uh, by laying on the grill to go to sleep, and so the, <laughs> so the whole song is about how like they're gonna have a funeral for Todd. They're gonna get an airwolf. He drops in every single reference he possibly can. It's great. And he even talks about how many Stellas they had the night before and how they were all crisp. Yes, crispy. You gotta have crispy Stellas. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no question. Oh, what is he? Rustle up some nachos and put on Braveheart. Um, <laughs> So that was it. I heard, I heard that song and I was like, what the hell is this about? And then I went back through and, and yeah, that was the, I guess I must have started at the beginning when I first saw it. So yeah, it was from Song Fight, from a song from MC Frontalot. I think the first time I came across Akewood was reading Fyad on Something Awful. Oh my. Because yeah, I was just yeah. a, a real poison brain teenager. And I, I think I saw like a couple things reposted or like stuff that was kind of taken out of context. And I was just like, huh, what's this really basic art style with like this interesting dialogue. And then someone posted just full out like the JPEG of the comic where Ray and beef are teenagers again, and they're skateboarding and, <laughs> <laughs> and, See, and we're already laughing. Yeah, we all and, know. And, and you know, and, the punchline and, it's and still Ray funny. and Ray can Ollie down the stair set. Like it's nothing. But beef can't. And back in the day, if you had the longer wheelbase of a, an A skateboard, you could flat uh, wire staircases or longer staircases. You could just ride down them, and it would be very shaky. And so roast beef rides down it, and he's wearing like the little the the the, 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 the like three inch inseam track shorts that people wore back then, and his little pecker just shakes out of the pant leg. Which is uh, which is the second time that. Uh... Roast Beef's dick is involved in a in a going down something accident. Uh, one is that, the other one is that he's going on a BMX bike and he keeps <laughs> smacking himself on the rail. And they talk about how how his Bozak swole up like a, I can't even remember what they used what fruit they used to describe. But he's like Bozak swole up like a grapefruit or something. Uh, it's constantly getting injured. Roast Beef, the man of constant sorrow. Just uh, yeah, if you've ever been a bummed out dude, there's a lot of things about Roast Beef that uh, you find both 
very humorous and easy to identify with. Yeah, like from that point on, I was like, what the fuck's Aqua? Okay, I gotta check this <laughs> out. And like I just loved it. And I remember singing it to my my older brother and he was like, This is really weird. And then he didn't say anything about it for like a minute. <laughs> and then like he's just like, Yeah, I've just been spending all my free time reading this comic. It's really amazing. It's always kind of a gamble to to send to someone. Because you, yes. you got to be sure that they're going to invest enough in it to come to understand. Yeah, because, boy, you don't want to send him any of the Nice Pete stuff without really getting, like, okay, here's what's going on. Nice Pete uh, is a character in, in the Aquid uh, comics who is a uh, who's a murderer. He's a murdering guy. He murders people. That's his whole deal. But he's also a, a gentle soul. And I think what my favorite one to send people is when uh, Nice Pete is writing Ray's autobiography. Because, of course, Ray doesn't want to write his own. He wants to hire someone to do it. And he takes him on a drive and puts on Almond Brothers. And it's just something about the way it's very poetic, but it also ends with them, you know, getting drunk in the woods. It's just like if, if you can hang with that, like, okay, we're going we're gonna to be fine. You can read, you know, some other selected works or, or, uh, or another nice Pete one where he's describing what it's like to kill someone. <laughs> right. And it's like there was me and there is the other man. And I kill him, and I am. I put. Him, I, I, put, I put his body in my van, and I am the winner. That's... It's it's framed around a game of basketball. Yes. yes. Like so he's basketball. he's talking about you know I'm up at I'm up at uh, the foul line, and and uh, <laughs> you know the other man is is guarding against me, and I put his body in my truck, and I am the winner. Yes. And I know this quite well because a friend of mine has that uh, particular page framed on his wall. As well, he should. Yes. I. I, uh, I I support that action. I also have a framed Aikwood comic. Oh, wonderful. Which which comic do you have? It's my personal... It's the one I think is the funniest. Uh, it's Ray gets too high at a party. Oh, yes. And <laughs> yes. Theodore asks him uh, if they should order food, and he is so overcome with anxiety, and he says, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he starts to think that he's disappointed Theodore, and he has to make it up to him. And he's trying to think what Theodore likes, so he... Uh, he's like, well, he likes the cure, <laughs> so I can work with that. And so he gets him a piece of driftwood uh, and the writes cure the cure on, on it. And he says, this driftwood will remind him about eternity. <laughs> and then he hands him the piece of driftwood. And the comic ends with Ray saying, sorry about all that earlier, man. We good? And then just a silent page of Theodore looking at him like, I, what? how do I respond to this? Like <laughs> From that same uh, that same party, I have a framed uh, single panel, and it's just Ray driving a box that says "pots and pans" on it, and it's just, he's just saying, "Being in trouble is a fake idea." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got that one. Um, I also got a, a, a Dark Horse put out some really nice hardbound versions of the of the first couple of books. Some really, really well done archival material. What? What? Those came out? These were a long ways back. Brian, can you hand me the one that's that's sitting over sure. there? Because I actually have uh, this one standing by just because I knew I would need to I refer to it. I fucking put in a pre-order. I didn't get mine. Oh, no. This isn't the new uh, Omnibus. This is this oh, is okay. old, old stuff. So this is, I want to say right after, because they did an entire uh, hardcover a Great Outdoor Fight, which covers the entire Great Outdoor Fight story including some great uh, blog posts originally from Ray's blog. Yeah, so so this one, uh, let's see here, Worst Song Played on Ugliest Guitar, that's labeled as Book 2. 
Dark Horse, yeah, Dark Horse put this out 2009, it says. Wow. Um, so, yeah, Dark Horse, they only did three of them. They did uh, uh, A Home for Sad People, a Sad Song Played on Ugliest Guitar, and The Great Outdoor Fight. But, yeah, it's just, they're nice hardcovers. They have, what's interesting about the ones that, that these are is that they have what's basically liner notes. And so it's Chris's inner thoughts as he's written the strip, you know, like... Um, this bit, this one here, where it's it's the, the comic is called Kettle One, and it's basically just a misunderstanding about drinks. But then in the in the liner notes, Chris has written in the first panel, Tador doesn't know what Kettle One is. Um, he's just got this like, hey, if you want to know, it's it's fascinating. It's really worth checking out. They're they're hard to come by, but uh, if you can find them, highly recommend it. They're uh. The other, the third book, which you let me borrow, and I forgot to bring tonight because uh, my life's a mess. <laughs> well, well we've established, factory, yeah, the, the dick sucking yeah. factory is really worn me down. <laughs> um, there was some some of those liner notes are really interesting, like the one where uh, uh, where roast beef. He's looking he's like, oh, my new novelty shirt came in, and it's, you know, it says something like, you know, what the hell are we going to do about my problems or something oh, like yes, that? Yes, you know, yes. all of these really great, you know. Mm-hmm shirt you know these things that like a really bummed out dude would buy and just be like oh why am i doing this and the liar notes are on sad lamenting that like you know um i i really regret making or selling t-shirts with these phrases on them because i was giving in to um you know what the what the readers wanted which is fine but i also felt like it was cheapening what we were doing and that's not the intention of these things like um I don't know. Sometimes you got to have a shirt that says I'm the guy who sucks. Plus I got depression. Like <laughs> I'm still, I, I want a shirt that says, so what if it is food? I ain't, I ain't bugging. bugging. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a onesie he was picking out. Yeah. A uh, baby onesie that says future dead person. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is the kind of macabre humor that Akewood was just so, so good at. And I think part of it is like, I feel like Chris did have a little bit of all those characters in him like I really it's like I can feel the darkness sometimes coming off the page like it's played for laughs <laughs> oh beef for sure yeah, he definitely yeah got some beef in I've, him and he's I think he's he's on record as saying that uh, Teodor is the character who's most like him in real life I could see that it does make a certain kind of sense yeah it's a, an erudite uh, kind of I don't even know if I said that word right but it, it feels you right didn't. no <laughs> nope I'm and just gonna. May I say, what an ironic word to mispronounce. I know, perfect, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, just gonna roll with it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's also there's like uh, to lend more credence to the beef hypothesis, uh, beef depression hypothesis that you've put out. Tador is is the character who, more so than any other, is is shit upon by the by the story. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's fair. Like yeah. there's a there's a comic where it, it goes through like the uh, the future for these characters and what their lives will look like after the after the strip ends, and it's uh, Tador getting like fatter and sadder, <laughs> oh, yeah, until he one year gets like super jacked, and he's got a big smile on his face, and then the next year he's, he's dead. Dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know that like this this comic came up during a very particular period in comics in general where daily gag strips were kind of going away and stuff was becoming more personal like I was thinking about there is a great Chris Ware influence that's all over Aikwood in particular Jimmy Corrigan the smartest kid on earth because there's there's a two or three 
day run in January of 2008 where he goes. To, right. Anyway, so I think the comic where Beef thinks he's going to sneeze in Molly's pussy and kill her, <laughs> I think that one's pretty good. I think all of his fears and neurosis involving his wife is probably one of my favorite parts of the comic. Just It definitely feels real. The I learned I learned from Akewood that if you see a woman with large chest and you're with your partner <laughs> um, and your partner realizes what you're doing, you go, I was just looking at her necklace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Molly's reaction to that is, is priceless. I, I always think about the comic where Beef is talking about his, his ideal future. And he says that it's uh, to help uh, a woman get her green card so that she can build up the resources to leave him. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. That's amazing. During the, the, Chris, the Chris Ware tribute that, that Odset did for like two days, where it was, it was called uh, uh, the Old Cement Bridge, there's a bit where Theodora says, I got the worst head of my life under this bridge. <laughs> and then by the end of it, he's saying, is this why I always expect that sex will be a chore for the other person? Yeah, uh, it's, that hurts. That cuts me for some reason. I don't know why. But he's also such a dick sometimes. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have that 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 push and pull throughout the comic too. Of like, yeah, these guys are kind of assholes, but like, I also feel bad for them. Like, even even the drunk roommate Lyle, who is just a total piece of shit, uh, you eventually start going like, yeah, this is just a sad guy. Trying to figure shit out, just and a he's short just, line cook with, yeah. with a black flag tattoo. He's got he's got nothing else going on. This is it. <laughs> this he's is also pretty... just like, it's not that sad to him because he's just a man of such simple wants, you know. That's true. He's kind of found his equilibrium, but for, to an outside observer, you go, "Ooh, that's kind of that's kind of pathetic." Oh yeah, he's he's a. His his life is a is a nightmare. God, what, what did his stoned lightning baseball card say? That it was like it was like because stone, asked... stone lightning. By the way, for those of you who have not read Aikwood, was the uh, slow pitch softball team that they came up with while high. Yeah, like was it like first base has someone with like a hibachi? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was when that was almost immediately after they met the cat of Charles Mingus. Yeah, and he taught them how to play golf. And and roast beef asks him, "How will I know when I'm high?" And the cat says, uh, "You you will know. You will you will get a sign. And the sign will be that life is awesome." <laughs> Hello from the future. At this point in the recording, our cyborg overlords wished us to stop sharing information about the Aquod comic series. With the help of resistance fighters from the fifth dimension, we were able to overcome these obstacles and were able to complete the episode. We now return you to the Aquid episode, already in progress. I could um, record a number of clips that you could splice <laughs> in in post. Like, I could, I, could, hmm. I could punch them up on my NPC and play them randomly. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting <laughs> point you just made. <laughs> hey, it's me, Matt. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, wait, that's Dunky. <laughs> Don't touch me there. <laughs> yeah, let's just tempt fate. Why not? Sure, we've been doing it. Why not? All right. A, a Only God himself could destroy this, the, the audio at this point. <laughs> yeah. Please no, finish the thing about Lyle before God, I lose my fucking, fucking mind. Going, where are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> this better be the fucking 
funniest April <laughs> joke. <laughs> After all the buildup, you did this whole bit about losing sound. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it was a it was a masterful gambit. So the that card I was says name Lyle Roscoe Gabrielle. Yeah. Declared occupation short or cook. Right. And then my favorite part of it: Ass Man, nineteen seventy two to nineteen eighty nine. Breast Man, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety seven. Currently, Whole Man. <laughs> okay. And this is and on the, the other part of the card. Take with deep lore though is the thing the 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 difference between Ass Man and Breast Man. Yes, an ass man is—that's a real mature man. Yes, no, it's the other way around. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. you're right because the, they right, go to the, the, the secret, the secret menu, menu at Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then my second favorite part is skin rag sticking out of his back pocket this week. Completely ruined junk number twenty-eight. Oh and then, god! You still buy? You still buy Prince Smut? Think about it. The power goes out. Who holds all the cards? <laughs> Which is. Which is line cook mentality. He has the he has the, uh, the the mentality of a true alpha male. Yeah, like he has nothing figured out really except for a couple of things, and he's holding them really close to the chest just in case. I think there's an exceptional bit later on where they have the badass games where everyone has to do feats of of daring do, and everyone thinks Lyle's going to take it all, but. Cornelius the Bear uh, winds up winning the goth school bus. Yes. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a lesson about, about judging the elderly. That is true. Because yeah. everyone's like, oh, man, this, especially the one where it's like hold a conversation with an inmate. It's like, well, Lyle's <laughs> been in and out of the can a bunch. We, he, he's got this. It's also, there's just so much of Chris Onstead, what Chris Onstead thinks is cool in that. <laughs> like. <laughs> Being able to bake a loaf of bread. <laughs> like, yes, very well. I mean, uh, to to a to a point, I guess that's a measure of a man, of a man to be able to provide sustenance and whatnot. But yeah, I, I yeah, what what he thinks is cool. And this is two thousand eight or nine or so. Two thousand seven. So, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a little bit uh, Bart Simpson early seasons where he where he thinks what his future is going to be like, and it's always something terrible. And he's just like, and when it comes back to the current timelines, it's like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> if Onstead had gotten that animated series off the ground, I don't know. I I feel like we might still be in the middle of a Aquid Renaissance. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if, if we're making Simpsons comparisons, there's a part of me that is kind of glad that the Aquid stopped when it did sure there is certainly a, a, a merit to quitting maybe not at the peak but certainly before you've gone downhill as it were yeah because the end of the comic is is a really fantastic way to go out when they've basically found a way to make roast beef happy which is hmm. weed yeah <laughs> golden oh, a particular tabloid. strain of weed yeah <laughs> golden, golden tabloid, tabloid. yeah, yeah. What and, a, what and a perfect... Todd blowing his head off, screaming, screaming balls, balls louder than anyone yeah. else has ever screamed it, <laughs> which which he said he was going to do in a very early, very early on. So yeah, it's the completion of that arc. He's, yeah, he's and gonna... I think there was two or three times where Onstad went on hiatus, and I think there was a time where he did say that he was kind of done with it, and then he came back for that last run in like 2015, 2016. And now I think he just has like his soda syrup company in Portland, yep. and 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 that that pilot that'll never air. You know? Yeah, because it's it's one of those things where like, boy, you you want more, 
obviously, because you're because yeah. you're a hungry baby. Showbiz who, baby. Yeah, because you're a hungry baby who wants content. Give me content, but also, um, but also, I don't think we would be satisfied if he kept going when he clearly was done. You know, I don't think we would find it as poignant or as good. No, I just want the content monkey to dance for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dirty monkey dance. I mean, at least he's he's kept the merch going. <laughs> that is true. The, I'll say that every single time I have seen someone in li- in real life wearing like an Akewood shirt, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to that guy. <laughs> <I'm not." laughs> Which I find so funny because like you what and I go, what a fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. What? what uh, uh, is it like the? Um, is it like the black shirt that roast beef gets? You know, like who is this guy putting on airs? You oh know? yeah, he gets, so, <laughs> he gets so nervous he buries it in the yard. <laughs> what a endlessly riffable comic too. Like there's just so many. Because I think one of the strengths of it is that it has a wide variety of characters, and you can kind of put any two of them in a room and come out with a some pretty decent riffs and, and jokes, but also like stuff that happens between them that can fill a bunch of stories yeah and um i think we were talking last week me and you jason about how um there was like one earlier storyline that like i remember having some affection for and then revisiting it and being like oh some of this uh some of this doesn't age so well there is that yeah chris onstad's uh lens towards uh asian folks is a little (laughs) problematic (laughs) yes yeah you're referring to ultra peanut ultra peanut i mean like it's like it's weird because like ultra peanuts really offensive but there's also some gold in that as well when when little nephew pretends to be the guy from japan Japan who has a photograph of of ray riding the toilet side saddle yes (laughs) Which is like, there's a lot of fucked up shit in there, but I'm also thinking like a fucked up kid wearing a sports jersey in 2003, if he wanted to fuck with his wrench uncle. That's what he would do. That it would be something along that line. But I'm like, ooh, this hasn't aged so well. There's some some funny lines in here and some good riffs. You know, Lyle saying like, I don't care if you photographs me peeing. I got got technique, you know, like. (laughs) Some of the stuff, you know, like a guy getting tricked into doing gay porno. Okay, that wouldn't necessarily fly. Yeah. Theodore getting tricked into doing gay porno, right? Because he's not... Well, it's not gay porno, I guess it's right. Him uh, jacking it? Isn't that the... Oh, I can't remember. I don't remember this storyline. It's uh, with Circus Peanut. Yeah. Circus Penis. Is it Circus Penis? It's Circus Penis. Because it's a play on Circus Peanut. Oh. (laughs) Boy, my face red. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of the many, like, picked up and dropped storylines that just happens. Like, suddenly, you know, uh, the, the neighbor Pat has a subway. And they just explore that for a while. <laughs> um, the subway storyline has some really great stuff in it, though, because there's a a, a subway forums, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it really mimics. Because I have a theory. I don't. I've never really read a lot of interviews about Chris Onstead being on the internet, so I don't really know if he was like a goon. He was a something awful guy. There are something awful references. Uh, yeah, there's a few, but that, some of those you pick up just by osmosis being online for a while sure so you wonder but also like some of the forum stuff every time there's like a subway forum there's a burger king forum joke that like there's a forum specifically for burger king yeah but some of those references are very specific and boy they feel ripped straight from from an an authentic you know like i I got on this forum and this guy started telling me that the subway down the street uses doo-doo for meatballs or something you know (laughs) characters receiving and losing various subways is a odd through line through the comic 
And just and boy, didn't they have a a, a, Jer- a bunch of Jared jokes that those actually aged well? I thought. They were good. <laughs> yeah, they called that. Uh, what what was the name of the ro- Vlad when Vlad got the Vlad. subway? Yeah. He, he badmouths Jared. Uh... He he badmouths <laughs> Pat's subway. Or no, it was Santa Taco. Oh, Santa Taco. No, Santa Taco was uh, was Lyle and Ray. Lyle. Yeah, because they they had a a system whereby someone could make you a taco without ever touching it. Yeah, <laughs> and it ended up being like in this hermetically sealed box that they have to like put their hands into, like handling a preemie. <laughs> like, yes, yes, okay. Because then Lyle also branched out and did the coffee that he would stir with a dildo for an extra dollar. Just do it for one dollar, and yeah. it's all a bunch of perverts, and ends up being the guy that's like uh, talking to Felipe. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that that is where uh, Ray tells you that uh, people don't think he pays attention, but he pays attention. Yeah, so he gets things done. I don't know yeah. what to tell you, man. I pay attention. Beats me why most guys suck. That's it. That's the line I was looking Beats for. People. Beats me why most guys suck. Yeah, uh, sure ain't my. It was it sure ain't my scene. Yeah, Ray, boy, what a stand-up dude. And this is something I found out recently. Ray apparently is based on a real guy. He would have to be. The long and short of it is that that uh, that that Ray, the character. Was based on a real guy who lived in California, and and that is like there's not a lot of you know there's like there's not a lot of added stuff like this guy is very much Ray. He lived like in a country club area, but it wasn't like the fanciest country club, right? So he's <laughs> so, but boy Ray, what a character! I love him so much just because he's the happiest guy in the series because nothing ever really seems to go too wrong for him. He's... No, it's, and kind of the joke is that uh, he just has like absurd luck sometimes. Like when they're they're walking around the city uh, and they've they they got into a car crash and like most of them lost their clothes, so they're wearing newspapers. Yes, and Ray's trying to lift their spirits by uh, telling a joke. That he completely fucks up, and in the <laughs> middle of it, he just stops and goes, "Oh wow, fifty bucks!" <laughs> leans over and grabs a fifty-dollar bill off the ground. There's the bit about him making a deal with the devil and becoming a piano genius, selling a million copies of his album, and then like never making music again. Uh, he starts a rap label. Like just things just continue to work out for him. He never has to worry about money. He's always got a fridge full of Stellas uh, and humectants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and like even well, when things like even when misfortune happens to him, he like sees the good in it. Like and he steps in a fucking dog turd, and he's and he's call, <laughs> he calls I think he calls beef, and he's like, "Dude, I stepped in a dog turd." You know, like old times, man. Sends them a photo of it and then <laughs> a picture of himself <laughs> smiling. Well, the best part is that. Beef responds just like old times. <laughs> just yeah. like old times. Well, because this is a, a this is a friend of his. He's had for you know since since the young days. What is it? He's uh, but knucklehead since old times. Yeah, knucklehead yeah. since old days. Yeah, old knuckleheads or however they phrase it. Yeah, <laughs> and you know they he knows this is probably not the first time that Ray has sent him a picture of a dookie and said just like old times. I would imagine yeah. not. It's probably the first time in a while. Right, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> but but they do seem like that kind of friendship where just like, yep, that's what that's right. <laughs> that's yep, just like old times, buddy. Just <laughs> he's conditioned at a certain point to like, yep, this is this is what it's like being friends with him. You will get a picture of of a dookie and and he'll be happy about it. So that's what I really love about the the comic as a whole is just like these characters, they feel if not real, real enough to 
you can you just go with it. Sure. Okay. Somebody's got a, a shoe that talks to them. Why not? Let's you know. <laughs> Here comes a special boy. <laughs> That's the. Uh, hey guys, can Todd read? You know. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> Sucking dick paid for this van. Yes. There was also the time I had a job over the summer where um, it flooded during some historic rains and the warehouse I worked in was full of dirt and all kinds of gross shit and. We had these big, massive rental forklifts because our normal forklifts were dead because they were in the flood. <laughs> of course. And we had these massive forklifts that were for, like, I don't know, like chucking shit in rivers. <laughs> and they were too big for our aisles and everything. But I was out behind the uh, the building moving something. And I took a selfie where I was smiling. I had this big shitting grin. And I'm, like, covered in sweat. And I looked miserable. And I just captured it. Sucking dick bought me this forklift. Oh, I, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And I, I showed it one of my coworkers and he just looked at me and he was like really creeped out. He was like, I've never seen you smile here. And you were, and I was like, I had this big sheen grin in this phone. He's like, I've never seen you look happy. And he's like, this is really upsetting to me. <laughs> Didn't even look at the words, again. even comment on like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't like a photo of you smiling. It seems really off putting here. See, that's a good friend. They'll tell you that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But by far the best Todd quote is when, uh, Philippe is running for president and he asks oh. Todd to be his vice president. And when they're trying to figure out his policy positions, they ask him uh, what his position on birth control is. And he says, and this is a verbatim quote from a cartoon squirrel, so nobody can get mad at me for saying any of the words I'm about to say. Uh, Bitches got to take they cunt pills because I ain't wearing no gunny sack. I think Beef's response is, damn, man, that answer could use some work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's that is the worst possible answer. <laughs> yeah, that answer could use some work was um, when they asked him, how do you, they, they said uh, that he doesn't wear condoms, and they said, how do you avoid getting STDs? And he says, I don't know, I guess by not giving a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so characters running for president and or mayor is a running bit too, because Ray runs for mayor um, and, then and then runs for president. Um, his, and boy, uh, 2008 Ray really predicted Trump by a bit. Uh, because no, I, it's so it, it, Ray says to the assembled press, "This country needs a man with a granite sack and legs of log, a man that slaps people who are talking." I am that man. Uh, so, people want some fucking dinner and have some fucking money. What the fuck do you think getting up in the morning is all about, asshole? <laughs> and then, of course, the next panel is the Drudge Report. This is Mayor Ray Smuckles dresses down media, says Smuckles' presidency will not tolerate, quote, Pratlin. Uh, which, like I said, like, it feels like we just lived through, like, four years of that. Like, just somebody going off at a press conference. Like, well, what would you think? Um, and there's... Another thing that I found on a reread um, that felt weird, just like that, was the storyline where Nice Pete and Tador go and do like high school oh. pranks at night, and Nice Pete tells Tador that his uh, his name is Darren Darren Wilson. Yeah, that definitely didn't hold up. Oh, yeah, what, what a random name to pick. Like, oh, the guy that murdered a teenager like a couple of years later in our very town too. Yeah, so that's fun. Just, I was like, ooh. But that's also the one where Taylor shits in a dude's yard. So I mean, it, and then it, the it, guy thinks it's a prosthetic turd, wasn't that? <laughs> he thinks it's a fake turd, like something from uh, Spencer's. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. Just uh, his views on Canada are very strange. Matt, are you, you remember this one from uh, 2008? 
It opens with the capital of Quebec is Quiblomi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, dude, don't don't roast my shoes. Oh, well, don't roast my shoes is, is... an adaptation of Aquid. Uh, are you familiar with this, Matt? Uh, have, no. you, have you seen this? So there was a couple of guys online at ARR and at Fart. They used to work for something awful. Yeah, that, that was John Hendren and uh, David Thorpe. Thor- Thorpe, yeah. Thorpe, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, I know David and... Thorpe. He did uh, my tankiest fight. Yes, wonderful book. Um, uh, no, that is Zach oh, Parsons. Oh, that's Zach Parsons. Uh, uh, Thorpe Dave, was Internet's Thorpe was the playground. Guy, the guy who got Pitbull oh. to go to Alaska. Isn't he also the guy that made Smash Mouth eat the eggs? No, yeah. that's Fart. Fart uh, with uh, John Hedger. guys. Yeah, they're same, all same circle. Yeah, they're all yes. they're all kind of interrelated. So uh, at Fart uh, bought these awful shoes. David Thorpe spent a day roasting him on Twitter about it. Just. Every everything you can think of, like they were like red cheetah print vans. They were they were red cheetah print vans with like a checker pattern. They were rough. They were terrible shoes, and and so he spent the day roasting him. Well, someone took an Akewood, a a group of Akewood panels, and edited the shoe roast into them, and it (laughs) it is almost perfect because the way that it's spaced and laid out, it's roast beef telling Ray how awful his shoes are. And it goes on for like 20 panels in a row. And then it just ends with, and it's the same thing that the Twitter thread ended with, is what I'm saying is the shoes have problems, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the strip where Roast Beef comments on how Ray parks. (laughs) Yeah, like a bitch, yeah. Like the bitchiest bitch that ever bitched. People see you park, they think that's one, like the nastiest slut they've ever seen, and they see you. (laughs) I think there's only two storylines I don't like and it's the one with the luchador helicopters with legs and <laughs> yeah i can imagine See, that would be this This is the thing about Aikwood is that you can say a sentence like that and like oh that's pretty forgettable in the long term of the yeah <laughs> the comic yeah or the edison ghost guy like there's like the only two storylines i didn't like um and there's some storylines i wish went on longer but most stuff i felt like got enough room like even though cartilage head is kind of brief it it leaves a a, a stain on the rest mm. of the the narrative it feels like like they've they've gone to this unknown they've explored something different and now it's kind of even though things go back to the status quo they're a little askew yeah and you you know for the rest of your life that that ray is a coward who would desert a dying man yeah well what's super interesting is that ray has not uh abandoned a dying man before because he was going to uh, give roast beef his lung when uh, when roast beef got shot during one of the many subway struggles <laughs> but it's also unclear how much rave understands and values organs <laughs> yeah. there's also that comic where he pays the doctor so that he can cradle his own heart like a baby <laughs> and he turns to him and says this is really special man <laughs> uh, but like characters dying in the comic is actually treated kind of as a joke because after a while we realize that that well obviously Todd the squirrel keeps coming back mm-hmm. and he tells them hey the, the I'm chilling at friendlies and I found the way back uh, and so <laughs> so eventually uh, roast beef dies a couple times where then he meets his future wife the comic is weird is what we're saying yeah um, yeah I and mean, there's one time they come back like because you don't you have to like stick say how many times you suck your finger in your butt or something to come back to life uh it's implied i don't know that yeah. it's yeah 
But also there was that uh, one arc where uh, Roast Beef returned to heaven to see Molly. Yes. uh, Only to find out that heaven burned down and all all (laughs) souls did burn. All souls did burn. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, there's some there's some beautiful darkness, some some great phrases in there. So, yes, uh, what we're saying is that Aquin's a good comic and you should read it. You should yeah, read fine, it. It's fine, I guess. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I mean, we only just been talking about it for the for an hour and amidst technical difficulties and frustrations and being it like, didn't really this leave is a still a thing you, that's yeah. worth talking about. We're going to power through this. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely worth talking about, especially with someone who's definitely an aficionado like we are you can just pull up storylines. And if you haven't seen it, by the way, Matt, a.k.a. Thought Slime, has a wonderful video on it about Aquid. It's about, what is it, under an hour, I think? It's like 50-something minutes. Oh, yeah, where you, definitely yeah. under an hour. It, uh, that was a, yeah, passion project uh, the weekend of my wedding. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's very <laughs> Aquidian. Yeah, I was going to say, you've definitely, you've definitely got me beat. Yeah, that, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I definitely watch that if you haven't. And if you haven't, boy, subscribe to uh, Thought Slime and Scaredy Cats. Matt is a Matt is a guy to follow. So we're gonna we're gonna stop with Aqua just for a minute because we've got we've got some things that we want to uh, make sure that we do today. Many Matt. things. So Matt, we asked you before you came on if you're okay with gross pictures, and it's about that time, don't you think, Brian? And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. Yeah, and I, I said no. To... Please don't. Oh no, yeah. please. <laughs> please. The the one Anything the one last that. week the one last week was a was a gif of a guy fucking a McChicken, and and he's talking to me about it and he's not taking it off the screen and I had to be like, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, this guy is this guy is hitting the back shots of the McChicken. I've seen it loop like fifty times already. I'm what was a six? It was like a sixteen second video, and yeah, it was just on a loop. And we're I'm 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 I got my head turned away to talk to you. I'm not even looking at it, and I'm just like, dude, can we can we not (laughs) like? I'm and I'm a guy that like someone shows me Goatsy. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I'm literally like, oh, just like old times. Yeah, it's an old exactly. It's It's an old old friend. friend. Yeah. Yeah, but like that was just like I'm good. There we go. All right. All right. So, so uh, this, so these uh, shock images, do they make for good audio content? Uh, sometimes they they do. Sometimes when when one of us is really upset about it. Yeah. Or or, or especially. Here we go. Uh, so it HarlemShakePoop.com was the original oh, yeah. URL. Uh, this was someone who would go on to be children's entertainer Blippy, uh, doing the Harlem Shake as one does. Uh, I believe it was uh, right around that time, and then. Mm. Um, Two two naked guys and one uh, violently uh, shits on the other one's dick and balls. Oh. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of like a lot of details here to take note of. Yeah, F- for one, Just like, yeah, go ahead. First go ahead. thing I would have done, I if I were doing this uh, diarrhea project with my friends, <laughs> okay. I would probably take the towel off the wall. Yeah, yeah, I, or put down a tarp. Do, yeah, just get a little some, some kind of protection there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. Because he has eye protection. The one of them does have a pair of goggles on because he didn't want to get yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, he's not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and they That'd have be crazy to do this without eye protection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even Tub Girl had eye protection because it starts out very much like, of the time, a Harlem Shake video that was the Bauer track was going, you know, the, 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 you know all that awful EDM stuff. 
and then he hits the drop, and one man shits on another one's dick and balls. It's just a amazing. It's it's hard to believe that a that wasn't done before because that seems like it's ripe for uh, that happening. It's just also hard to believe. Well, the a that he that he did it. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's a feat of anal athleticism that I don't think I've seen. <laughs> I, you obviously have not ate as much Chipotle as me. No. <laughs> well, you know, I think I've never really measured the force of my movements. Yeah. Because I'm only ever doing them in a place where, the, where they're constrained. True. So I don't know. I don't know if that's particularly unusual, you know? It feels... As though you've never done it freestyle before. I've yeah, never done it freestyle. You're right. For, for those of you who, who who haven't seen this image, it, it is like a shotgun blast. It's it's like mm-hmm. it's pretty fucking good. Doom guy pulls out the super shotgun and just blasts <laughs> just, this guy's dick and balls wide good. open with shit. Right? Like it's it's like if someone stepped on a a tube of toothpaste, but the toothpaste was full of shit. <laughs> shit paste. Explosive, you would say. Yeah, yeah. just a. Just uh I'm assuming this is some sort of trickery. No. It usually isn't. Yeah, I don't know. When it comes that, that to looked... when it comes to dookies, I assume so because is boy, a, nobody is a wants man, to is a man whose whose bowel movements go across the spectrum here. <laughs> uh it, that looks accurate. I thought you were gonna say goes across the room. I'm like, damn, I... I'm not doubting that one could. <laughs> I, I I I believe in unle- in the human potential to, to <laughs> shit as hard as you dream. Potential movement. The only limit to how hard you can shit is how hard you believe. But that's, that's fair. That's I fair. think that it it seems to me that the aspect of it that that I I it leads me to believe perhaps there's some there's some sort of shenanigans af- afoot is that his his partner in crime is just way too happy about the situation. Well, could be into it. Who knows? They could be into it. I saw a tweet earlier today where someone said that if you ever see someone on TikTok and they're doing something nonsensical and that you think it's stupid and it goes on forever and ever, it's probably because there's someone out there that likes to jack off to it. Mm-hmm. Like someone, like people that mm-hmm. like put like three pounds of cleaner in their toilet, mm-hmm. like all the different shit. Like, yeah, that that's someone's fetish. Someone gets off to that. And yeah, like, TikTok right. especially is really bad about that. Like there's like... There's a, a couple. I, I know Rick Lax or one of those guys. One of those guys who like used to engagement farm on Facebook is now doing it on TikTok, and it's all like a moderately attractive woman puts her hands in a in a, a, a mold, a silicon mold, holding a, a a hot dog. It's like okay, all right, I get it. You're mm. doing a thing. I yeah. can't make the joke I would normally make here because uh, normally I would say, oh, I'm just gonna go look at pictures of ladies sitting on cakes. Uh, TikTok. That's completely stolen from Makewood. Ray would love TikTok. There was a, a, tr- a thing on Instagram and Twitter for a little bit where it was like your local bartender that's just going to be a bartender forever on her birthday would be like on Instagram doing like a cake smash. And I was like, oh, there's some out, de- out there that wants to get mad ready to that. <laughs> <laughs> that was our shock.jpg segment. Thank you, Matt, for being a uh, good sport and, and sitting uh, with us oh, through that. My um, pleasure. <laughs> See, see this. This we only had to watch once. The guy yeah. fucking the McChicken <laughs> felt like it went on an entire lifetime. He's never gonna let me let that go. By the way, yeah, I hear about Mc that for the rest of my life. I kind of want to see the guy fucking the McChicken if you still. Have I'll it. I'll send you the link uh, here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, for you. for your uh, for later perusal uh, <laughs> for research purposes. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see it. It just doesn't uh, sound like it would be that bad. It's it's not actually, and that's why I, I mean it does what it says on the box. It yeah, is for sure. I fucking make sure it, is it says that on the box about it. No, yeah, that's shocking to me. 
no uh, how are parent less. groups not upset about that? Let's see. I'll go ahead and you know what? I'll just go ahead and give you the the full experience. You're getting two shock.jpegs uh, for the for the price of one this week. Uh, just for sickening J brings us this one, and it is it is literally um, <laughs> 17 seconds of a guy using a McChicken as a uh, pleasuring yeah, apparatus, marital aid. And what, yeah, the, I mean nothing yeah. all that shocking about it. It's just. I think it's also a dick through the the boxer fly, which I I just don't respect. I think I'm disappointed because I didn't realize how small a sandwich it is. <laughs> see, for, see, yeah, the chicken is a, the dollar a, is the dollar one, so that's the cheap one. Yeah, he's not gonna... putting a, a penny in the frame for scale, <laughs> right, right? Which is the the true master of the dick pick move. Yeah, but then you get the little the really big penny from from like the Six Flags, and then you. <laughs> I've only ever seen those. I thought I you were going to say the big penny from the Bat Cave. Oh, the even better. It's like, what is going on here? The scale's all fucked up. Yeah. The forced perspective. Like, I don't know if I'm trying to make my look my dick look big or small. I'm just trying to freak out this chick. Yeah. <laughs> Why has he got this huge penny? Why is his dick so small? <laughs> it's just how it works. Okay, I just I don't know. Fair. So that was our, our shock.jpeg segment. Thank you uh, once again for, for sitting uh, through that with us, mm-hmm. as, uh, mm-hmm. as weird mm-hmm. as it was. So this is the part of the show. After the shock has worn off from our shock.jpeg, we like to do what we call the breath man. This was Brian's idea, and I love it because it gives us a chance to talk about stuff like movies, music, TV shows, whatever, that have uh, been grabbing our attention and that kind of take our mind off the gross shit that we just saw. So um, since you are our guest... Is there anything recently that has been top of mind as far as like something that you've been watching, something you've been enjoying? I've been playing a lot of Dwarf Fortress. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, hitting all of the 2010 something awful stereotypes, Equid and Dwarf Fortress. It's a great video game. Just recently released a graphical version on Steam. It is uh, in, incredibly complex in and alienating. It is definitely hard to get into. I looked at it and went, this is not for me. A lot of people bounce off, but it, there is nothing quite like it. There's no game as complex. I'm intrigued. I do want to I do want to kind of learn a little bit more about it. Like what gives it that compelling edge? Everything in the world is procedurally generated and interacting whether or not you're there. So like The first thing it does is it generates a world, but it doesn't simply do that in the way that most video games would procedurally generate a world. It actually, like, simulates a history, has different factions build up, different battles play out, different, uh, you know, weather systems affect things, and then then you pick a place to colonize, and the, the whole world is simulated around you. And on top of that, like, each individual part of the game is is simulated. So, like, each individual tooth in your dwarf's mouth is simulated so if they get punched in the face it will check like which teeth fall out and that's important because if you say go to an undead area where body parts or corpses come back to life if your dwarf gets punched in the face their individual teeth can become reanimated as zombies and attack you Wow, that's insane! I love that. Okay, see, hearing that makes me want to play it. I, I'll have to give it another shot. Thank you for the recommendation. Um, yeah, I just remember Dwarf Fortress, you know, being very well respected. It was like Planetscape Torment or something like or that. Where Tribes like, Two, Tribes or, Two, yeah. where people are like put on this pedestal, or like Mountain Blade. I think is a really yeah. good comparison. Is this like indie game 
that people had this high respect for, but I also found it impenetrable. <laughs> but uh, I always respected how intense and in-depth and thorough the, the systems are in that game and that people, um, much like last week's Blaze Ball topic, like there was a fandom that was really good at sussing out narratives right. through mm, like what was yes. going on. I remember the Something Awful Games Forum thread on Dwarf Fortress and like skimming that a few times and people having these very detailed explanations of things that had happened and like how they found out like a new thing where you can have like a puppy fountain or something <laughs> yes, because yes. that like it, like you keep like birthing puppies but you kill them and it creates this buff Jesus. and you're like, huh. There's this long-time strategy of you you, you need a, an administrator to uh, sign forms to do work orders. Uh, so one of the things people will do if they discover that one of their dwarves is secretly a vampire is they will put him in a pit and give him a desk and make him their eternal administrator because he never needs food or water. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. See, like, shit like that I love. Like, that's awesome to me. It feels like one of those things where, like, I know if I'm going to get into it, I'm going to get into it hardcore. Yeah. It felt oh, yeah. that way. Like if I started to enter the gungeon, I was like, I know if I'm going to get into this, I'm going to lose hours and hours and hours of my life to this game. I, as yes. someone who, who put a lot of time in enter the gungeon and didn't get very far. Yes. Same. Well, I just, I love roguelites in general. I think the best roguelike that I played recently was probably Returnal just because the setting was good. It was a Metroid game kind of, and it, uh, the shooty felt really good and it sounded nice. Like, it had all the nice little bells and whistles, but it also, you could actually progress. You know, mm. there was actual progression, which I felt is a problem with roguelites, but that one. I'm going to be super cash here, and I think the last roguelike that I enjoyed was Hades. Hades was great. I think Hades fixed all the things I didn't like about roguelikes, roguelikes um, while still being really fun and amazing. I think some roguelikes, I'm not going to shit talk the genre, but I think some of them are just like, we made a game that's hard and sometimes you'll get a random roll where it's impossibly hard and you're just going to like it anyways, because, uh, we got, we got two of the guys working on this and they both got C pluses at full sale. Yeah. I like that about them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, teach their own. That's I was going to say, yeah, like to each their own. But one of the things I wanted to kind of get into as far as the breathment goes, there's a great book and it came out a couple of years back. I just found it. It's called the hierarchies. Matt, are you familiar with this book? No, but I'm generally not in favor of hierarchies. Well, the the book is, it's about sex robots. <laughs> so a guy named Ross Anderson wrote this great book. Uh, so it's told from the point of view of this sex robot that this guy gets. It's Asimov by way of a uh, a teen fiction. It's a very strange combination of stuff, and it shouldn't work, but it does. Because Sylvie is very young. She's learning about the world, but she's also has all these things already like she she can do x y and z and you know she has all these pleasure abilities and all this stuff but then she starts to learn about the world and wants to go outside and wants to wants her freedom essentially and and what's fascinating about the book is that the ways that she goes about like talking to her previous self because after an incident she winds up at the robot hospital and it's it's dense interesting stuff but it's told again it's first person it's her experience filtered it's she's writing in a diary essentially um so it's a really fascinating book and the hierarchies refers to what is essentially the three rules from asimov that you know you must please your husband you know there's all these rules that all the the sex robots have to follow it's fascinating stuff 
I would highly recommend anybody pick it up. I believe Audible has it as an audiobook uh, if you're into that sort of thing. But it, it definitely, because the big tagline of the book is, what is love or consent if you are programmed to obey? And that is definitely a big theme that the book likes to play with. And we've talked on the show about like Alex Garland movies, and that made me want to revisit Ex Machina, which is another in that very same vein. Yeah, mm, great movie. It does have that. Yeah, it does have that feel to it, uh, especially in the middle section. So, highly recommend that one. It's called The Hierarchies, and the gentleman who wrote it is Ross Anderson. Nice. I uh, I might check that one out. Yeah, I, I I started the Area X books. I was on a Jeff Vandermeer kick. And then I saw this at the library and went, oh, well, this is, I got to check this out. So <laughs> we'll get back to Annihilation, I swear. Annihilation. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Anyway, <laughs> so I last night read the 10th volume of Saga. Oh, I've been on a Brian oh. uh, oh. kick. Yeah. yeah, O'Malley kick and all that. Or no, yeah, Brian came on. Keep doing so that. You keep I, doing that. You did. You did it last week. You said Brian O'Malley when you meant Brian came on. Jeez, what? I, oh, I'm I, living. I had I had uh, tonsillitis. Is that your excuse? <laughs> I had tonsillitis. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. No, I went to an urgent care, and they were like, oh I was like telling them what's going on. And they're like, it sounds like tonsillitis, but like I'm like in my thirties, and like, is that like what kids get? And they t- tested me for mono. I'm like, am I wearing like a Letterman's jacket? <laughs> um. Anyways, Saga. In case have you are either one of you familiar with Saga? Yes, I've read the first few volumes. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's the thing that got me back into reading comics. I remember being in Milwaukee. Gosh, it was 2019, and we walked down to this little comic book shop, and I was like, "Oh, or not a comic book shop, comic book shop." It was a bookshop, and my friend picked up the first volume, and it was kind of a fun little thing because it was the first time I ever saw. I used to be a photo journalist, and it was the first time I ever saw. Uh, one of my foes in a certain book, and I didn't even know it had gone to print. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, this is really neat. And then, like, we went back to our Airbnb, which no longer exists because a homeless guy burned it down. <laughs> <laughs> like, is a whole thing. But it's like, I, I read this comic, the first, like, volume in a place that no longer exists. And for, like, the rest of, I think, that summer, me and my two friends were just devouring it and then we got to like the ninth volume and they're like oh they're on hiatus and so it's been oh. three years and it's good saga is a a story about parenthood about raising a child but it's also in this sci-fi epic i think it's been described as like star wars for perverts it kind of pushes the envelope of what you think a story like that could tell in some respects but it has a lot of heart it has humor and some amazing artwork in it and the 10th volume is kind of an odd thing because they've been on a three-year hiatus and the story is told in that volume is is fine but doesn't move as much as you would think after such a time away from that story it it ends on a cliffhanger and it's like, well, we already had a three year cliffhanger <laughs> and it seems like the next volume or the next set of comics will be really neat, but it's just, uh, it was weird to come back and like this whole entire thing is just, they're setting the stage for something bigger. And, uh, 
But if you like Saga and really good comics, it's definitely worth checking out. I was going to say, Brian K. Vaughan is, is definitely a repeat offender on this show. I know we talked about Paper Girls recently and, and a couple other his works. So, yes, definitely check out his work. But Saga is one that kind of passed me by. I'm, but, oh, but, but shame on you. Between the two of you recommending it, I will, I will have to go check it out. Um, I didn't recommend it. He didn't recommend it. Oh. oh. <laughs> he, just, he just said he, he had read it. Which... I read it. Okay, which, that's fair. Which that's sometimes fair. is a recommendation, of, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes right. it's not. Well, right. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just going to leave it to the audience's imagination. Ah, oh, being mysterious now, are we? Put it on your TV tropes page. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing Wikipedia right now. <laughs> Unclear about. All right. I got one more. Okay, I finally finished The Walking Dead. Oh boy. And boy, I'm just glad it's over. Like I don't really have like any <sighs> notes other than like they ended it the best they could for the mess they got themselves into with that narrative. And I think everyone's just kind of breathing a sigh of relief that like this thing that went on for too long that sometimes was really good and also sometimes unforgivingly bad for sometimes seasons at a time is done. We can we can say it no longer is a thing. Uh, our long national nightmare is over, I think, was the headline that I was going to write for that. Yeah. Uh, I bounced after season two, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, there... <laughs> a lot of people checked out after season two, but I'm just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> this is coming to... from a guy who watched 15 years of Supernatural. I hear you. <laughs> Gosh, the guy who plays um, Negan. Yeah, yeah. Who played the comedian in the Watchmen movie. Like, he's like the best part of it after uh andrew lincoln left and they just couldn't really find uh, a stride with it and um it just feels it felt really weird it would be good for a minute and then it'd be bad and i think i was one of those people it's just like let's just see this shit show end and um, yeah. I, I feel like i'm a better person for it you're what we would call a dead ender yeah yeah you're just mm-hmm. like i'm, I'm in it <laughs> I've been there with shows. I watched all of Smallville for fuck's sake. Man, so, yeah, it, she's trust just like me. putting bamboo shoots under your fingernails. Uh, trust me, it, it, I'm, yeah. And I said to myself, but Smallville had the had the opposite trajectory. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it the the beginning was very rough and very monster of the week, and I was like, okay, can I stick out? Can I stick this out? And then they would draw me in and be like, oh, okay, Brainiac is here. I'm like, all right, I like Brainiac. Let's see what you know. Let's see what they're doing with this. And, uh, oh, they're going to actually introduce Lois Lane. Great. And then she looks like she's older than anyone in the main cast. I'm like, how does mm-hmm. this work? All right, well, let's see where this goes. You know, just every time they would turn around, there would be like, oh, Jonathan Glover's back. All right, I'm going to watch another couple more. And it would just keep piling on like that. Oh, Jonathan Glover from really RoboCop 2. And the, the, he's, he's in the opening scene of RoboCop 2, in case anyone was curious. Oh, no, I, I fully I was saying that. I'm saying Gremlins 2. He's a, he's a master. He's Brimstone. Guy. Oh, God, yes. Brimstone. What a forgotten classic. Wow. He, wasn't he the devil or a demon? I he was the which. devil. He was the devil. Okay. As far as TV devils go, it's two of them. It's, it's, it's Glover, but then it's also Ray Wise. I was, if you hadn't said Ray Wise, I was going to hang up this fucking call. <laughs> <laughs> two Reaper. shows about people who work for the devil canceled in their prime. What a shame. Yeah, I'm so glad I found those DVDs of Reaper because, boy, what a, what a show. Like it was like Ghostbusters, but for the devil, it's fucking phenomenal. Like I, and Ray Wise, he chews it, he loves, he kills it. He's just, he, he's, he's incredible. He's <laughs> incredible. He's so fucking charming. Hey, I'm just the devil, Sammy. What do you want? You know, yeah. just, he's, he's 
Yeah, my brain. He's just the devil. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I even said something like that on Twitter, and Ray Wise like liked it or something, and I'm like, okay, yep, validated by the man himself. Yep, that's it. As far as TV goes, I got to say the the last thing I watched, I finished The Peripheral, and I felt like it was just okay. When you're adapting books, that happens. Um, sure. It, it derived, it, it deviated way from the source material, and I kind of felt like Chloe Grace Moritz was wasted on it, but... Peacemaker. <laughs> Peacemaker is so fucking good. <laughs> I did the cheesy opening, the hair metal everywhere. They even got, uh, you know, like actual licensed hair metal tracks, not some generic thing or something that they made up for the show. But like they, they got the cut, you know, they got all the Wasp records in this one person's collection. Just every little detail, it's just down to everything. And I love that the, the some of the cast from Suicide Squad is back in it. I love Steve Ag is is a, is an icon for uh, big dudes who are who got red hair. <laughs> Cena continues to make me go, okay, well maybe he's a better actor than a wrestler. I didn't know he was a wrestler. <laughs> you never saw him. Exactly. Yeah. He's been compromised to a permanent end. <laughs> Wasn't wait? Was that the Rock? Was that the Rock? It was the Rock. It feels like said. such a John Cena thing, though. Cause it's like, <laughs> The Rock talking about the when Rock got... knew about Bin Laden dying before the rest of us, which is just a thing that I'll never understand. It's, it's surreal. It's well, one of those things. There's also that Twitter thread where uh, John Cena was talking about if Peacemaker War was real, he'd go and fight in Ukraine. <laughs> and it's like, man, I don't think you understood your show. I think you might have missed the point a bit there, but man, uh, Robert Patrick in Peacemaker, boy, what a. What a make under for that guy. Yeah, made it made a lot of good points, I felt like. <laughs> Not really true, talking some sense. Well that um that about does it for the show. Thank you so much, uh, once again, Matt, for, for joining us tonight. Um despite all of our myriad issues, concerns and whatnot. Mishaps at the dick sucking factory. It's just all of it. Yeah. We we appreciate you and, and we're gonna close out the show as we usually do with telling people where to find us. So we're gonna start with you, of course, because you're our guest. You go first. You can find me at thoughtslime.com. And you can find uh, youtube.com slash scaredycatstv. Scaredycats was taken. That's where I post all of my random garbage, all of the farts and shits I do. And then, oh, um, okay, so I completely forgot that until just a minute ago, but um, you did a video about a movie called Baby Oopsie. Yes. Okay, so as it turns out, I know the person who plays the lead in Baby Oopsie, Libby Huggins, and she's a comedian from St. Louis. And she's a hoot. Yeah, she fucking ruled in that movie. Yeah, and it wasn't until I saw the video on your channel that I knew she had even made a movie. That's how really that's how she's good not bragging to you like every day that she's in Baby Oopsie. Like, <laughs> no, you know she um, like they take too long at Starbucks, and she's like, "Do you know who I fucking am?" Like, right? I was the star. Of I Baby know Oopsie. Baby Oopsie. I know her personally. <laughs> Listen here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Brian, where can they find you to send you death threats and, and various uh, uh, memes if you're, of people uh, with junior their fly down? If you're a junior G-man trying to please your station chief, uh, <laughs> you can find me over at ishotgdbord. That's I-S-H-O-T-G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D. That's on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to look at my photography portfolio, it's assholemusicphotographer.com. And if Photo Shelter would ever respond to me, I would actually have my new photo website up and writing about things. But uh, it's what is this a month now? Yeah, it's of, been a month. Of, yeah, of just give me the fucking API key for the account I pay for, so I can use your WordPress thing. 
Anyways, Jason, yes. where can they find you? I am on Twitter at VideoCrime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. You can find me on Hive, Co-Host, and various other places under that same name as well. Mastodon, VideoCrime, at Retro.Pizza. You can find me on Instagram, that's at LaserGooseCEO, same for TikTok. And you can find the show on Twitter at 48MinutesOfDogs. And then also patreon.com slash four eight minutes of dogs. And we will show uh, share the uh, the link tree, which has all the various podcast stuff. Where you can find all the, the show links, whatnot. We're everywhere that you can possibly find us. And my favorite ways to communicate with the fans, of course, email four eight minutes of dogs barking at gmail.com and via our phone number three one four ahoy poo. 314-246-9766, 314-246-9766. Give us a call, leave us a message, or shoot us a text. We'll also be there as well. So, signing off for this episode, my name is Jason. I'm Brian. And that's Matt. Say goodnight, Matt. Goodnight, Matt. Good night, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste and good luck. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. That stinks kinda like burnt fur and regurgitated drinks with an undertone of the acorn and leather that's laid on thick like Liz Claiborne. Step over with big trepidation, lift up the top off the meat cooking station to discover my homie Todd. I said, Oh my god, what grim facade do you meet me with in my wakefulness? I had too many Stellas and they always Christmas. I rise up in the morning with my squirrel assisted from the world, insisted as I did this instant that him up in heaven again is premature. If only reality would concur, poke him with the tongs. Dude won't wake up, put him on the lawn. Ray's about to cook a steak up, and this ain't no kind of mausoleum. Got to get the high degree on, pause on him on the you got all with it, all used up, I mean he sizzle. Ain't nothing left but charbon and gristle. My heart is fistle, I mean it could break like crystal. He never learned to whistle. Don't break his cadaver up.